Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply placing a trade shouldn't be complicated it should be smooth as butter the fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission u.s stock and etf trades no account minimums and fractional shares trading fidelity where nothing comes between you and the trade that's smooth download our app free from the app store or google play Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Oh, hey, it's the dog in the back seat of the car next to you. Allie Ward back with episode three of Smology's bite-sized, classroom-friendly versions of our Deep Dive Ologies classics. And this one makes me so hoppy because toads get it hoppy. Are toads the unsung underdogs? Are they warty friends yet to be made? Do they belong in a heap of canceled beasts who don't deserve our admiration? You'll find out. Okay, buffology. Let's go down a toad hole. So buffology is a word that I did not make up, although it's seldom cited, to be fair. A 2011 reptile magazine article titled Ode to a Toad uses the term buffology 101, so I'm going with it. There's also herpetology, which is reptiles and amphibians. There's batractocology, which is the subfield that is just amphibians, which I may have pronounced wrong. But what if I want to do a frog episode down the line or one on newts? So I'm going buffology because it exists. People use it sometimes. Also, its root is bufo in the Latin for toad, which may come from a word meaning slimy plant. Or it may also come from buffare, meaning to puff up. And buffoonery is a related word. It's debatable, like toads for some people. Speaking of people, get ready to hear a scientist passionately describe a love of toads. She's so human, I cherish her. She was once the program manager for the Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, where she also served as a national coordinator for partners in amphibian and reptile conservation. She worked as a biological science technician for the U.S. GS, the U.S. Geological Survey, and now works in the nonprofit ecology sector at Conservation Science Partners, but is still in the field a bit, out toting and salamandering and frogging and nuding. So hop on into a conversation with amphibian enthusiast and buffologist Priya Nanjaba. Okay, but what makes a toad a toad? Straight away, what is the difference between a frog and a toad? Okay, so generally speaking, most frogs have like smooth skin. Mm -hmm. They tend to need a closer association with water or aquatic environments. Um, and then the toads that we traditionally know, you know, with the big kind of stout fat bodies and the warts and everything, they typically can be away from water longer and 
they don't need as much of that sort of direct moisture the way that frogs do. And then they also secrete these um, toxins from their skin. And so, yeah. And so like, that's the biggest thing. There are some frogs that do that as well, but pretty much all toads um, have some sort of gland, you know, that they, and they secrete some sort of bufotoxin. And so... Bufotoxin. Bufotoxin. That's what it's called. Such a good punk band, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) Bufotoxin. Is their skin thicker? And what exactly are the warts? Are they air quotes warts? (laughs) Um, That's a good question. These warts on toads are associated with these. They have um, mucus glands and granular glands, Mm -hmm. but the granular glands are the ones that are responsible for the the toxic secretions. Oh, and it's for an anti-predator defense so that when anything, you know, grabs it, it just tastes bad and they spit it out, you Mm -hmm. know, or sometimes they'll get sick. Some of the toads produce some pretty strong toxins. So all toads are frogs, okay, but not all frogs are toads. Oh, I love those. It's the old cactus succulent. Yes. Like all cactus are succulents, not all succulents or cacti yes exactly okay. and right. like in the amphibian world there's like like newts you know like all newts are salamanders but not all salamanders are newts and newts are to salamanders like toads are to frogs kind oh, I didn't of know that. And, um, okay early lineages of toads are they look more frog-like okay and so like over time those different features the more like stout bodies and the um, bigger warts and, and glands and things like that appear kind of later in evolutionary history. Uh, they came after frogs, so somewhere in that like Cretaceous, Cenozoic mm-hmm. period. They've been around. So to recap, toads are frogs, and toads have no teeth. Yes, for warts. They've got a poison gland behind their eye called a paratoid gland, thought to have been like an adrenal gland, just gone bonkers. Oh, and another souped-up special feature not available on the standard frog model. And then the other really weird thing is that toads have this this thing called the bitters organ. Okay. Which sits like kind of between the kidneys and the gonads. And I think both males and females have them, but they're thought to be like a primitive ovary. What? What? Or like a, it's kind of like a spare set of follicles but the males have it too and so like in experiments in the lab they've removed the testes and all of a sudden this bitters organ like is like oh okay time for me to come into play and then like it starts forming eggs how long have toads had a place in her life and her heart i remember my first toad sighting Mm -hmm. which was in my mom's garden Mm -hmm. in iowa and um it just would like hop along the tomato plants and eat things. And like eventually we figured out that we could build a little toad hut like out of a pot, you know, and just put that in there and it would just, you know, go and hang out. And I was so sad on the days when I didn't see it. Like (laughs) I'm sure it was all seasonal, but I don't remember, you know, the specifics of it. And I do remember um, other people's houses where there'd be one like sitting under the gutter eating the flies and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I liked other critters too, but there was something about the toads that I just kept coming back to that I just kept like, I don't know, I just love them. They're just, they just have that face, you Mm -hmm. know? It's just that face. I love that you had a toad friend. Like the toad (laughs) was your friend. It kind of was my friend. (laughs) Are the males bigger than the females? The females are bigger than the males. Oh, by a lot? Yeah, by a lot, yes. Oh, Yeah, usually by quite a bit. Oh, and both have tympanums to hear sound, such as, for example, the romantic, screamy love ballads mantoads make by inflating an air sac like a big extra chin, kind of like having a subwoofer on your face. So another thing that's really cool about toads is they have all like 
a lot more bony material in their skull. Like their, or their skulls are like highly ossified. Mm-hmm. And those crests and the shape of those crests and stuff are what you can use to distinguish species when they are like in the same area and you have a lot of similar looking little brown toads with mm-hmm. warts other than the warts per spot certain species yeah no it's yeah it's it's warts per spot so like in the like dark brown spot there'll be mm-hmm. like two or three warts if it's an american toad and then if it's a fowler's toad or something or woodhouse's toad they'll have more in each like dark spot and then there's like the shape of the paratoid glands which are the things that produce like behind their eyes that produce that more of the toxic secretion and then those little crests and bosses and ridges and everything that's how they differentiate themselves but yeah so they have these really cool skulls frogs don't have that so next time you see a toad absolutely okay to say hey what's up your skull looks totally cool but where can you see a toad there are toads on all continents everywhere except australia which right now is only being overrun by the invasive cane toad yeah oh really yes yeah australia got a got a little bit ripped off on the toad card yeah. and then they got payback and then they I got guess. yeah kind of yeah and they they didn't used to be on madagascar either but now there's a different toad that is found on Madagascar that's also super invasive and no. yeah, wreaking havoc. So yeah, unfortunately, the toads that are finding their way to places where they never were are like the ones you just don't want <laughs> to, to be there. Okay, let's loop around back real quick and talk about cane toads, shall we? Okay, great. So these are these huge toads. They're also called marine toads, even though they're terrestrial, but the largest recorded one measured over nine inches long. They look like holding a big leathery pretzel roll, but with legs. They eat everything from like live bats, sometimes plants, to bugs, to dead animals, to just straight up garbage. Sometimes just literal actual garbage. Another reason we love toads? They're not too picky. Can you ever have too many toads? Now, in some places, perhaps, like those so-called marine but actually terrestrial toads in Australia, the cane toads. Why are they there? So I think it was like where they were growing sugarcane, they had brought them there to control like the bugs, you know, that were eating the sugarcane. And then, of course, you know, anytime you bring a thing to control the thing that you don't want, then that thing goes, you know, crazy. So there are these big, beefy marine toads. And so they can live, they can tolerate like saltwater environments, but they also apparently can live all over the place. Does Priya have a favorite toad? Yes, she has a soft spot. She has a soft, warty spot for American toads because they were the first she saw in the Midwest. But she did clarify that they no longer belong to the Bufo genus. North American toads are now classified Anaxorus, which sounds like a very cool rebrand, if you ask me. Bufo versus Anaxorus reminds me of the time my goth friend Ben wanted us to call him Sebastian with an E on the end. But unlike Anaxorus, it didn't stick. I'm sorry, Sebastian. They're a little bit fatter and their eyes are just a little bit more like <laughs> bulby, bulbous. So I really kind of fell in love with them. But there's some really pretty toads too. Like uh, in the southwestern U.S., there are these green toads and then these red spotted toads. And especially in South America, like I haven't um, seen like all the bouffanted species, you know, that are down there. I mean, it would take, you know, millions of years. There's like, so many species of toads all over the world, but they are really diverse and interesting. P.S. How many species of toad are out there hopping around and frowning 
it's over 600. And some look like dead leaves with a face, and some are beautiful rainbow colors, some we haven't even discovered yet, right now, just kicking it in a hollow, I think. Is that where toads live? Do they live in toad hollows? Do they live in little, like, cardboard spots and trees and stuff? Yeah, well, pretty much in burrows of mm-hmm. different sorts. Some of them can do a little bit of digging, but a lot of times they'll live in other, you know, mammal burrows and things like that. Do toads ever get chilly? They don't freeze. Like some frog species can totally freeze in the winter. Mm-hmm. Like they produce this antifreeze, um, but toads don't do that. They just go underground, like below the frost line, um, where it's just warm enough that they can survive through the winter. And right. they hibernate, but they don't freeze. So they, they just live underground. Don't freeze? That's handy. Oh, speaking of hands. True or false? Toads have arms. (gasps) Yes, they do. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I don't feel like toads have four legs. I feel like they have two legs and two arms. They do. Toads have arms. They do have arms. I mean, they're like little Popeye arms, right? Like, couldn't you just see a little tattoo on those little forearms? They're so fat. And the males have fatter forearms on purpose, like to... Clutch on. Clutch. Yeah, they have arms. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and tell me... You look- will see it like in different places and references about their their arms and like how they Really? So is that official? I'm going to say it is. So Priya has done a lot of work with a lot of amphibians, namely salamanders, but her field work helping collect toad data made her love them even more just a little ways into the season, the toads would come in and they would just be everywhere and they were just so fun to watch. The eggs were everywhere and then the tadpoles would be everywhere and there's probably at least a couple of sites where there probably was close to 100 toads. We definitely saw a lot of them, you know, oh. just, just out and about and just hopping along. <laughs> Are they solitary or do they or did they burrow with friends, do you think? Um... I wonder if they have I think there are some records of them like in sharing burrows with other toads. And we actually found a a multiple species like hibernaculum. But I do think that there are toads that will, you know, share the same types of burrows. And then there are some places like where the soil is really sandy and they can just kind of shimmy down under the sand, <laughs> like especially in the more hotter environments because in a lot of places in the southern US, both east and west, they're active pretty much year round. They don't really have much of a hibernation, but mm-hmm. you know, in the northern areas, they do. Do they? I sleep? don't know. Yeah. Do they sleep? They do. They do sleep. Um, I've never seen a sleeping toad. Yeah, I haven't seen a sleeping toad. Are they nocturnal or, or are they out in the day? Um, when they first come out, it's usually during the day, and they will like just be singing their little hearts out no. like all during the day. And then they they kind of shift to just calling at night, and so you don't really hear them during the day, but you'll see them out there sometimes. And we definitely like when we'd go out in the field um, to our sites during the daytime, we would see the toads just everywhere, and they weren't always calling by that point. Um, but then if you came to the same pond that night, you know they would just be singing like crazy, yeah. And so it was cool. Ah, listen to these beautiful sounds. Ah, so relaxing and soothing. Now let's hear something both cute and horrifying. Toads oozing out of your skin. Well, their mom's skin. Okay, is there a type of toad where 
the baby toads are birthed from holes in the back or is was that an American horror story? No, no, those are um those are a different family so they're not bufonids, they're not true toads. But they are called like uh, the Suriname toad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that oh man, that's like the craziest like reproductive strategy. They'll lay the eggs and they'll be fertilized and then they like scoop them up with their legs onto their back and then their back like the chemistry of the skin changes and it basically like absorbs the eggs into their back and then the skin grows over the back over the top of it and then um when they get ready to hatch they hatch out as like little live it's not even tadpoles it's like little live baby toads and they just start cracking out of the mom's back what is the state of the toad these days how are toads do they need us do they hate us i know that cane toads are having a heyday right now it's the it is the era of the cane toad but how in general are toads faring these days it depends so some of the species of toads have been hit pretty hard by the chytrid fungus, the amphibian chytrid fungus, Batrachochytrium dendrobatidis. That's quite a mouthful. Or BD for short. In Central America especially, there's a couple of the Atalopus genus uh, species that have that are thought to be extinct. Uh, there's a golden toad that's in the Encilis genus uh, from Costa Rica that is, it was like their iconic toad species and they think that that's extinct. Oh no. I, I think there's, they've found like maybe a couple of individuals here and there of, of all of these different species, but yeah, but they're, they've gone extinct and it's because of this fungus, this fungal pathogen. So have you heard of like white nose and bats? Mm-hmm. So this actually came before and then like the, people in the white nose world like learned from that but it took the bd world the amphibian world like a really long time to figure out that it was this fungal pathogen it was described as a new species once they figured out that that's what it was but it's been responsible for uh well it's questionable but there's um there's a recent paper that says that there's like 500 species that have have declined um throughout the world on that because of bd but there's some question about that a little bit so at least most people say like around like 200 or so species that have declined or gone extinct specifically because of the impacts of 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 bd and in the u.s in particular um some of our toad species have been the ones that have been most impacted what are the predators (laughs) of toads Oh, there are various birds and snakes that will eat toads. Um, hognose snakes are kind of toad specialists. <laughs> the toxin doesn't seem to bother them, mm-hmm. so they're able to, to manage with them. But crows, which are super smart, as you know, will like eviscerate toads and then just eat their gooey insides. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do with airport sandwiches is I just eat the middle. But before I ask the questions that you submitted, patrons, a few sponsors of the show who make it possible for us to make a donation each week to a cause of the ologist choosing. And this week, Priya requested a donation be made to the Amphibian and Reptile Conservancy to support inclusivity and diversity in amphibian and reptile conservations. So thank you, Priya. Okay, sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So is my brain. Here's a thought experiment. Think of all the time that you spend just scrolling on things or not doing the things you want to do. I know, time is the most valuable thing that you have. Boy, let me tell you, I had to learn this over time. You know what helped? Therapy. Therapy can help you figure out what matters most to you and how to prioritize it so that you like your life more. And where I learned that was BetterHelp. Because yes, 
I have been a client. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I know how hard it is to get started. BetterHelp makes it very easy. It's entirely online. It's convenient. It's flexible. You take a quick questionnaire. They match you with a therapist. Instead of just Googling and trying to find someone with an opening, BetterHelp makes it very accessible. And I like that. It's also more affordable than traditional therapy. And you can chat. You can text. You can do video calls. You can do phone calls. For some reason, you are not vibing with your therapist. You can switch at any time. No extra cost. No drama. So let me tell you. Time is precious. Figure out where you want to spend yours. And you can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ologies. It's about time. KiwiCo. You know I love KiwiCo because making stuff and learning while you do it, the best way. And KiwiCo is great. They deliver seriously fun learning for kids of all ages. They have these hands-on projects and activities. And each month, kids receive crates that are engaging and that introduce them to things like science and technology or concepts and art. And I love that all the things you need are in there. So you're not going to be running out to the store to get pipe cleaners. You're not going to run out of glue or something. And KiwiCo tests these crates with professionals and with kids to make them the best they can be. There's so many different projects depending on what your kiddo's interested in, what age or grade level they're at. You can discover the science of magic. You can engineer a domino machine. These make great gifts. I have given these to so many kids. And I also like that there's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel crates anytime. So redefine learning with play. You can explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at kiwico.com with a promo code ologies. So that's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com promo code ologies. They're going to love it. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, your landscape design, and they curate thousands of plants. They got climates, they got locations. I am stoked about this because I've wanted a fig tree for so long and I'm like, I don't know where to get the fig tree. I'm not quite sure where to plant it in the yard. And I went to the Fast Growing Trees website and I was like, boom, I'm in zone 10. This fig tree would work well for me. Done. And right now they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code ologies at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code ologies at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code ologies. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. How you doing on that D, that vitamin D? Could be better. I feel you. Some of us are coming out of a winter. I don't know how much outside time you get. I don't know how your vitamin D is dietarily, but I know a lot of people, including myself, especially women over 18, 97% of us not getting enough vitamin D from our diet. Rituals like, how about I help you? They're a clinically backed multivitamin. So skeptics, here's a multivitamin that's like, yeah, we use science to formulate this. I think you're going to like it. Ritual multivitamins are vegan. They're gluten and major allergen free. I also like that Ritual is a female founded B Corp. So they're doing good for the health of people and the planet. Ritual multivitamins are also gentle on an empty stomach. I like that when I open mine, they have kind of a minty essence. I've got Ritual vitamins in my belly right now, to be honest. I take them every day. They have kind of a lava lamp look with oil and beads inside. 
I also have their melatonin caps at night when I need to go bye-bye Z's. So no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. And get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash ologies. So start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. So that's ritual.com slash ologies for 20% off. All right, we're back. Your questions. Okay, Jack Kelleher asks, life cycle of a toad, same as similar to a frog? Or do they live longer or shorter than a frog, do you think? Oh, well, I think it depends on the species. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some frogs live pretty long. Some some toads live pretty long. But, but you know, kind of on average in that sort of five-ish, seven-ish, you know, ten-ish range mm-hmm. of years. But life cycle, yeah, very, fairly similar to a frog because, you know, they are frogs. They are um, a frog. Yeah, so they will, like, mostly be on land until it's breeding season, you know, or like be hibernating or, or whatever. And then they'll come to the ponds for that breeding season. They'll call, attract their mate. Um, there are some toads that don't call and they're, oh my God, I can't believe. There are some toads that will do that leg waving thing. You know, have you ever what? seen that? Oh my God, no. you have to. Yeah. So they like in these like stream environments where it's so loud because of all this stream noise, they have evolved this, like they just, they literally take their back leg and they just like <gasps> go like this. Priya, by the way, is laying on the hotel room bed doing a move that looks like part synchronized swimming, but also part shipwreck victim. <laughs> and I think in some of them it's their front leg maybe too but they anyway or their arm arm yeah and they <laughs> they just like they're like hey I'm over here <laughs> oh <do> <laughs> my god like hailing a cab yes oh my god and then some you know chick toad is walking by and she's like oh oh okay I see alright I never knew are. that they did that yeah so there are so anyway I kind of digress there but yeah so generally speaking they attract their mate the mate you know the Female comes over and they, you know, they lay their eggs and, and mostly, most of the species like lay a lot of eggs. And maybe you'll have a pretty decent amount of the eggs that'll hatch into tadpoles, but then like the tadpoles are food for all sorts of stuff. Mm, delicious. Oh my God. Have you ever seen like all the little toadlets popping no, out? Are oh they really God. called toadlets? Yes. Oh God. Toadlets. Heather Albrecht says, what are toad communities like? I always see toads on the ground blazing their own trails, but then there's always another little guy not too far away. Do they reconvene at the end of the day in communal housing if they survived my lawnmower or do they battle it out for prime resources? Do they have friends? Do you think (sighs) they all come together for the breeding season? But they're not really like friendly, you know, they're like mm-hmm. all competing during that time. And it is true that you do tend to see them together. And I think that is probably because they, they must like hang out together wherever they're overwintering or hanging out during the hot months or something. Uh, Laura <laughs> Kinney wants to know, do toads travel far from their burrow or wherever, a, whatever a toad home is called to forage or find a mate? How's their commute? What's a toad commute like? Uh, you know, I think generally speaking, they're thought to be not um that they don't move that far but there was recently um one of my colleagues in utah was tracking these western toads and found that they moved like five or six miles which you know a toad that hops like that's a long way like between where their breeding site was and where they i think were hanging out like in the winter because they'll go back to the same ponds where they emerged to go breed and so when those habitats got fewer and far bet- farther between 
like if they went back and their pond that they know was not there, they'll usually just go a little bit further until they find the next thing. And so probably like over time, these animals have developed the ability to go that far. And especially the ones in these montane habitats, you know, like there are a lot um, fewer areas you know, and a lot more ground to traverse between ponds. That was one that I remember was like pretty striking. Like I just learned that a couple of years ago that um, those particular ones were able to do that. And I, I'm pretty sure that there's nothing in the literature that suggests that they do go they, that far. Do they have a homing device? How are they finding the same ponds? Yeah, I think they believe it's a little bit both like astrological as well as um, chemosensory. And they're able to like, you know, smell their home ponds basically and go back. Yeah, oh, that's that's, so that's true of a lot of of amphibians in general. Like they they tend to go back to the same. And actually, a lot of reptiles as well. Like they'll they'll kind of they have sight fidelity. Do you have a favorite thing? The one thing about a toad that you love the most, or about your job as a herper? Oh, what is my favorite thing about a toad? I don't know. <laughs> There's just I just I just love their little bodies. Their little that classic toad shape and just the little hop and the the face you know just that little classic toad face so there you have it toads have cute faces and little arms and they are our friends thank you for being my friend smologites and for listening new smologies episodes are out every other thursday and you can find them all together at aliward.com slash smologies that will be linked in the show notes along with the credits because we keep these short but before i go i share a tidbit of advice from a lady who calls herself dad ward that's me and my advice is to make stuff the best way to get good at something is to do it. So if you want to be a poet or a painter or a paleontologist, write and build and draw and dance and read and do experiments and just get in the game. Don't be afraid to mess up because as long as you're doing, you're learning and that is not messing up. Okay, Smologites. Bye-bye.